Welcome to Get a Grip with Max Homa and Shane Bacon, a production of iHeartRadio. Sports fans, golf fans, or just fans, welcome to another episode of Get a Grip with Max Homa and Shane Bacon. Max, go ahead. 3-1, Lakers, LeBron, never ended poorly before a team up 3-1 with LeBron involved in the finals. How are we feeling? <laughs> yeah, good thing LeBron was the one who, uh, you know, came back from that 3-1 deficit. I'm feeling good. You know, uh, one of our our favorite listeners, Chris Hevner, uh, you know, kind of brought up yesterday, he asked a question if uh, I was surprised that, you know, this game was as close as it was, if the series was as close as it as I thought it would be. And I think it's kind of a funny question and kind of ironic c- considering I am in Vegas right now. But, um, you know, the spread on the game was seven and a half. Crazy cover, by the way, for the Heat. That was uh, that was a not that I had it, thank goodness. But it was a gut wrencher. We were just watching, knowing what the line was. Um, but I mean, they like covered the spread minus the last you know three seconds of the game. So I, th- I feel like when we get these good, great teams like the Lakers this year against a team that not people don't know a ton about, like the Heat in the finals. Um, you know, as far as like the regular season went, no one expected the Heat to make it here at the beginning of the year. Uh, we expect like 30 point wins, like the first game and 20 point wins, never lose a game. I mean, the NBA is professional sports. There's a lot of parody. Uh, same with baseball, same with same with football. You know, you watch teams that you think are the worst team ever. And you're like, you know, the Jets, for instance, and they'll hang in there. Uh, so I feel like, you know, this has been a fun series. Uh, would I have loved to sweep? Sure. Uh, but they're a great team. Um, it, it, it It was a fun game yesterday. It definitely, you know was a, a bit of a sweat, but, uh, you know, I think, you know, they're a great team and that's what great teams do at the end of games. You know, we talk a lot about what losers do, Shane, losers lose, but winners do win as well. So they kind of proved it down the stretch, uh, defense ramped up. It was fun to watch. And then the Dodger game was a legitimate, this one's going to be hard. Those Padres are really good. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, it's fun. It was a fun, fun watching sports night for me. Um, did you, did you grind out the Laker game too? Yeah, I, I um, I, you know, I, I'm reading the the Perlman Lakers book right now about the Kobe, Shaq, Phil Jackson Lakers dynasty and run and and all the turmoil that was behind the scenes in that. And I'm right now I'm in that the time when they played the Iverson Sixers. And this Miami team is is very talented. It's more talented than that squad was, kind of one through nine. But it does feel like with Miami Butler's kind of that Iverson in the sense that he's got to go off, right? He's got to score 35 or 40 and then everybody else has got to contribute something at at certain times. The issue being last night to your point is it was close with like a minute to play. And all of a sudden it's nine, you know, and you go, this is the difference, right? Is that this team can go on a run late and all of a sudden it's nine Rondo doesn't have a basket the entire game. You know, he sees the way the defense is sagging off of him, And of course he drives and, and gets his only bucket there. So, you know, it's inevitable, I think. I mean, the Lakers are going to win it. I have a LeBron question for you. I'm not really big on era comparisons. I mean, you know, it, it's really hard to compare, you know, Kareem to, to LeBron James, for goodness sakes. But is there is this, in your opinion, as a sports fan and as a, a big basketball fan, you know, a fourth championship, inevitably, it looks like he's going to win it. Does this put him kind of firmly in that second spot behind Jordan? Was he already in that spot? And is there, uh, in your opinion, is there kind of a debate with the MJ LeBron thing? Um, you know, as AD says, job's not finished. So I, I, I as maybe a you don't stressed want to speak out Lakers fan, I wouldn't 
guarantee. But let's just say if he did, um, I I hate this uh, because I. If we talk about golf and winning, it is so obvious. Uh, that's why I love golf. Um, you know, if I shoot 73 and you shoot 72, you are better than me. If I have 10 wins and you have nine wins, for the most part, I know we can get into this argument about things, but for the most part, you are better than me. Like, that's how that's how it works in golf because no one else. You've never heard of a caddy change, I guess, uh, or a coaching change and then said, oh, well, you know, that's why that guy, you know, that, that coach deserved more credit and like in, or that caddy deserved more credit in, in basketball. It's like, well, Scotty wasn't as good as Dwayne Wade or Dwayne <laughs> Wade wasn't as good as Scotty. So it's like right. so difficult. So that's why team sports are so hard to measure who the best player is of all time. I, I would say that Michael Jordan is, I think, without a doubt, more beautiful to watch play basketball. I think that's why people get really mad when you bring this up about LeBron. But if you're comparing the bulk of stats and the bulk of records and the bulk, like, like as a, as a whole, not just putting a ton of weight into just championships. I, I already had him as second, just based off of that, or at least in the top, you know, in the top two or three, but I mean, I, just, I guess we should just appreciate it. He's just very different than what we're used to. Um, he's not, I guess, necessarily like the MJ and Kobe killer, right? Like they don't, he doesn't, he doesn't give you total fear if you're uh, an opposing team, if he has the ball with like 12 seconds left, but he still has done some amazing things. So I think that's kind of an unfair way to measure him. You know, people say he's not a great shooter. He's a pretty darn good shooter. He also just doesn't have to shoot as much. He's a great defender, I think, especially when it matters. Um, he is now second in the finals in points and assists. I mean, that's that's like, like I don't know. Like, all, yeah, that's the thing is his stats. He's going to, you know, if he doesn't break the scoring record, which he, he may or may not. But even right now, I think he's I'm going to butcher these stats, but he's something like the only player in the world with uh, or in history with like 30,000 points and like whatever amount of assists. And then if you knock down another thousand off of the assists, he's still the only pe person to do that. And then if you knock down a thousand off like the assists again or the points again, it's just like a record that's like not untouchable, but it's just he's so far ahead of where people are um, or have been. So, I mean, it's impossible to measure. I still like my, watching Michael Jordan play basketball more. I just think it looked more like art. LeBron makes it look a little bit more like science um, just because he always makes the right play. I love that. It, it's it's beautiful, uh, you know, in a different way, but it's just so hard to measure because just championships. I mean, the guy's been to 10 finals. I mean, that's incredible. I know Michael Jordan went six for six and six MVPs. Like I get that, but I don't measure everything off of, off of that, just like I don't measure everything off of uh, like majors in golf, you know, like I love right. Dustin Johnson's career, like no offense to Brooks Kepka's career, his career. I mean, listen, I would take it, <laughs> but like <laughs> if, if you had to tell me, ask me to pick, which people do this too, I think I would take Dustin just because I really like the longevity so far. I mean, Brooks can do the same thing. J Brooks can do the same thing, but the consistency of that, I like, it appeals to me. And he also has two huge things. It's not like LeBron doesn't have a championship. He's, he's, you know, if he wins this, he has four, he's gone four for eight in the finals. I don't think, I mean, or four and eight in the finals. I don't think that like, that's, that that's not great. But I mean, at the same time, he ran into a buzzsaw like one of those or two of those times. So it's just, I don't know, man, like this is an impossible take. I, I, I don't know how you feel about it. If you, if you are part of the, the crew, I know you said it's difficult to compare errors, but do you put 
all that weight into the championships and would that just kind of leave LeBron kind of on the outside looking into these like top few greatest players ever? Yeah, I, I just feel like LeBron is going to go down as the most unique, great athlete ever because he is, to, to what you said, a little more scientific. It's just, it's it's so complete, right? I mean, Michael Jordan was an unbelievable scorer, right? He was a great defender. He was a good passer. He could do all of the things that needed to be done. But if you were going to write down a word to describe Michael Jordan's basketball game, you'd write shooter or killer or you know, last-minute assassin. I mean, that was who he was. And typically in basketball, the greats are that, right? Kobe was like that, you know? You know, when you go down the list of who you consider amazing, Larry Bird, you know, he wanted the ball. He wanted to shoot it in the last couple of seconds. LeBron is so different than that that I wonder when you started to really dive into the great athletes across all sports, you know, the Serenas and you know, the Trouts and A-Rod and all these people throughout our career and then throughout our lifetime that were awesome. And then if you dived historically into some of these players, I'm not sure there's one that kind of checks as many boxes. And on top of that, it seems like LeBron is has to be one of the most liked guys to play basketball with when you watch the way his teammates react. They all love it. You know, they love when he does something. They love when he finishes or when he when he throws something down in transition, especially late in games. But at the same time, he's always trying to do what is right in that moment. And sometimes that doesn't involve him, you know, and that's yeah. again, that's that's a unique thing. And I just to in team sports parlance, that's that's a unique feature of a superstar. Well, I have like I was thinking about this kind of all while I was watching the game yesterday because um uh, either I was reading something or a stat popped up about kind of this, like the comparison thing about Kobe, Le- uh, LeBron, and MJ. And I, I I hope this doesn't come off wrong because, I mean, I'm talking about my two favorite basketball players here, but I don't believe that LeBron or Kobe and MJ made their teammates nearly as good as LeBron does. And I mean that in a different way. I think MJ... And especially Kobe, I know a lot more about the Kobe stuff, but Kobe pushed his teammates to be better. That was one way he made them better, but he pushed them. He made them kind of do the legwork to be better. MJ seemed like from the documentary, the same thing. I think that the style of basketball LeBron James plays makes his teammates better. The fact that we are arguing that Mo Williams was such a great addition to the Cavs, you know, kind of (laughs) speaks volumes to that. I'm not saying Michael Jordan didn't have, I know he had Steve Kerr and Steve Kerr will probably be the first to say, you know, that he isn't, you know, a, a superstar by any means, but he did have for the basically the entirety of the run, you know, Scottie Pippen, who at one point Phil Jackson said was the best basketball player in the world. I think that the, those two Kobe and MJ pushed their teammates. Like, look at me, look what I do, do this. You'll be better at basketball. I think when in the 48 minute game, LeBron makes everyone better because like you said, he is, he is constantly making the correct play and putting people in the right spot. I'm sure it, it's difficult to play with him because he does seem like, you know, he's kind of light years ahead uh, mentally in the game. Um, But at the same time, his team does look like it always has tons of fun when he, when when they're out there. I mean, they, they always have a fun bench. Uh, I very rarely hear um, a huge gripe about him. Um, You know, I I hate speaking on this because I don't, I don't know. Like I'm sure, you know, everyone has their, Maybe maybe there are some skeletons and people don't, but like his teams always seem to see like be jumping around on the bench, you know, bouncing off the walls. I mean, I hated that he walked off the court 
early. Um, I know it's part of circumstantial, but at the same time, like I didn't hear his teammates speak out about it. So I always feel like I should speak out out about it because I don't, I hated it. But I mean, if his team doesn't hate it, then it's good. Right. Then maybe it's just some kind of not a misunderstanding, but they look at it as fire. So I don't know. Um, It's, uh, you know, he's an interesting, interesting uh, body of work, man. I mean, you know, he, he grew up in the social media era. He, he has come up and a lot of people I know in the beginning didn't like how much he posted. And it's so funny because, I mean, he's still a young dude like he's he, he, he can. And then, you know, when he does other things, other ventures, people don't like that because he is, you know, kind of a uh, a social. Um, he's he's in he's more in like the political construct or at least the 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 movement uh stuff he's like not he, he's scared trying, to speak out he's right? not scared to speak out and that's always going to be divisive and and then at the same time he's also kind of coming for a throne that people will never give up to michael jordan i don't care how good <laughs> you are so he's kind of on three levels just like a very divisive guy um i love him i but i i will admit that i did not at all his first probably 10 or so years and i started to respect so much more of what he did uh you know once he was in cleveland when i started to get it when i stopped looking kind of narrow-mindedly at this and yeah. now it's fun to watch because yeah i mean dude I, I I will be the first to say, like I, I mentioned, I cannot stand that he walked off that court. I hate when he does the soft stuff. I can't stand it. It's just like the opposite of me. And that's why he's not one of my favorite basketball players ever. But I cannot deny that he is in my top two ever. Like, it's just that's that to me isn't a really like a easy debate um, that that I, I haven't seen anything like him before. If you love Magic Johnson, it just seems like he's just a better one. And it just. <laughs> That's crazy to say, but that's what I see. And that's what the stats kind of lay out too. But yeah. it's a, it's a, it's fun. Watch. I feel very lucky. I get to watch him because he is someone that re- gives you a lot of emotions when you watch whether good or bad. Yeah. So, you know, you were, as you were speaking, I was thinking about it. I, you know, Roger Federer is my favorite current athlete. I love just when I have been able to watch Roger Federer play in these big matches later in his career, especially it's my favorite thing. I didn't used to like Federer. You know, when he was early out and he was winning everything, I was an Andy Roddick fan. I wanted Roddick to win Wimbledon. I rooted for him so hard in a couple of those where he was so close. And I feel like my respect as I got older, my respect for Federer went up because I was so impressed with his ability to maintain as he got older in a sport where you're not supposed to maintain as you get older. You mentioned on, you touched on this and I feel the same way. I feel like my respect of what LeBron's able to do goes up every single year because he maintains. I mean, think about some of the players he got drafted with. You know, they're retired on TV. They're not playing at a high level. He's still playing at the highest level. You know, he and AD are battling for for the MVP of this final series. It's probably going to go to AD. It should go to AD. Uh, Who knows how many votes are going to go to LeBron just because he's LeBron. But, you know, that is an impressive thing. I know you're not old yet you're going to be old next month but it's just as 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 we get older and you see these athletes continue to maintain a level of excellence that's something that you can't help but respect and I feel like that with LeBron we're going to take a quick break and be right back I want to transition quickly to more respect I've had in the sports world Oh, thank um, you. It's me. Goes, goes, no, it's, it's, <laughs> unfortunately, it's not you. Oh, man. Next Joe episode. Griner. I know. Sick. How about our boy? Will you, will you tell people what happened? Yeah, man. He qualified for the USGA four ball. Uh, I think it was his third try. Same partner, uh, Johnny Mack, my old roommate. Um, 
you know, grew up with both of them. I'm so stoked. Uh, they are too good not to be in this tournament. But as you know, these these four ball qualifiers, these these qualifiers that only let two you know teams in or two people in are always so difficult. You got to get so hot. I mean, the leading team at their site shot 14 under par in a best ball. It's nuts. <laughs> but yeah, Johnny and, and Joe, they they shot um, they shot 11 under, which was great. Uh, they were four under through four. Uh, Joe said on the very first hole, it's this downhill par three, uh, water right. And Joe said he had a beautiful like drawing eight iron and it landed like 12 feet right, which he was trying to land it, you know, a few feet left of the hole. And it spun and fortunately stayed up and didn't go in the water. He said that was a big moment to start the day just because then Johnny would have had to, you know, get up there and, and find, find land. Um, but yeah, they, they, uh, I think they parred one birdie two Joe said he made a long putt and on three Johnny Mac made a uh, wedge from 143 nice uh, yeah made it so made an eagle so then they end up being 400 through four and uh, I don't know man it's awesome we we're really excited uh, I know Joe's been grinding um, it's at Chambers Bay uh, I unfortunately cannot go uh, but Joe is stoked I'm gonna be in a wedding so so uh, I might go early in the week to like walk the course but uh joe's just happy he can go so <laughs> i think it all worked out perfectly i saw the no lane up guys responding that it was pj championship no week. is that it's not colonial right? it's colonial okay. week and that's what joe joe said he's i mean i believe him he's let he's look like 10 times so <laughs> um uh because he, he you know he wanted to qualify regardless but he didn't want to uh he didn't really want to make it if he couldn't play Right. Uh, so he's looked, he said it's colonial week. Um, you know, if it's PJ week, I think he might have to skip, but if it's not, we're good. He's going to go, uh, hopefully go on to win. Danny Woodhead also made it, which was rad. Uh, so I'm hoping, uh, I'm Is hoping that right? He, yeah. Danny Woodhead qualified. Got into yeah. the four ball. Yeah. He's made a big jump. I think he said he went from like a two to a plus three in like the last year or something. Wow. Yeah. It just shows that our sport really isn't a real sport. <laughs> um but uh yeah it's pretty awesome uh joe's been you know like i said he's been playing great johnny is one of the most talented anyone who who listens to this you know he went to pepperdine if anybody you know knows who he is uh that's listening you know how good his his good is unfortunately his bad is not exactly great um but he uh he smashes (laughs) it like he is he's good at every aspect of the game if you like i told you a few days ago if you ever saw him play uh you know on his good day you'd think man this guy should be on the pj tour and so I'm glad they finally like, you know, ham and egged it uh, appropriately because this is overdue for them to get to play. Neither of them have ever been in a USGA event. So or played in a USGA event. So it's pretty exciting. Yeah. Are you um, I mean, is there a lot of credit given to you for the like, there's the not week? enough. There's well, not but, enough I mean, the week of, of like playing and and competing against this you know, wonderful PGA tour player that, that has a hotel room in Vegas with a peacock behind him. I mean, it's a beautiful painting. Is there, was that, did he in his press conferences and his media obligations, was he thanking you a lot for this? You know, Shane, I, 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 um, I never want the credit, you know, okay. as much as I it's know, due, I, I never want the credit. I don't, I don't want him to say that, you know, he learned so much about course management ever since he started working with me. I don't want him to say that. I don't want him to say that he really learned how to hit a truly good seven iron ever since, you know, being around me. I don't want him and just to say to ca- things mentally like that. compete, you know, like he can just, because of you, he's, you know, I'm around Max so much that it's yeah, just, I it see just how oozes focused. out. Yeah. Yeah. I get, I guess I I guess I actually do. I mean, I would like some credit for that one. Then. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll, I'll go check. I haven't checked all the all the articles that he's been quoted in. I know there was a New York Times article written about it. Um, our our so Ashton Woods and I have a qualifier. Our four ball qualifiers in December 
uh, at this Rams awesome Hill? golf course, Rams Hill in nice. Borrego Springs, California. Um, I have heard a rumor from people around you that a young man named Preston Summerhays and his partner oh God. <laughs> are, oh God. are supposed to be qualifying in our four balls. So I just wanted to speak for just a moment here. Uh, anybody, I, I've, I've had a great chance to, to cover and, and talk to Preston, really nice young kid. Uh, so, so this is for Preston. Preston, I know 2020 has been really tough for everybody, and uh, it's been trying for a lot of people. Uh, I just want to say for golf fans, if you could, just to give golf fans a little boost late in 2020, I'd turn pro. I was just maybe like <laughs> mid, like mid November. Just you're, you've got all the game in the world. You get to play with Tony Finau. You know, you're around PGA Tour players and coaches. Your dad, for goodness sakes, coaches a lot of people. I think you're ready to make the jump. So like late November, even I think that'd be a good time to do it. But definitely before December 1st, I would consider turning professional. And I think you're really missing an opportunity if you don't. So that's that's what I have to say to Preston. Preston, Shane is anti-college. Preston, (laughs) I'll say something. Uh, It has been a difficult year. It's been difficult for everyone. I think it'd be a lot better if you drummed Shane and Ashton. Hey, wait a minute. I think that would give us a good laugh. You're rooting against us? I'm not rooting. Wow. The kid. Think about the honor it would be to, you know, in, in, in 10 years when he's winning like a dozen tour events, you could say, yeah, me and Ashton. Only lost by twelve to him. <laughs> Twenty now twelve. Twelve is brutal. I okay. mean, if, he, if he beats us by five, I'm hoping That'd that he's not going to be sixteen under, and we should you know something crazy like it four, is. But. It is cool that they're doing that. It is really funny. Um, I believe in you though, because this is the site of your uh, your most incredible drive of all time. I think you know the golf course as well as anyone, considering I don't know if anyone knows the golf course very well. Um, Good you know, point. I, don't know I like that. Particularly where it well, is. I know go. that it's somewhere in the middle of nothing. I'm um, dragging you out there, Susan. Yeah, so you're going to go check gem. out. Yeah. We can gem, really so plot it out. I feel like that's a good sign. You, you Sometimes when you go to the middle of nowhere uh, in California, you play kind of like a a dump of a golf course in this case it's a great golf course in the middle of nowhere which means that it actually takes some kind of kind of course knowledge i think that lends to you nicely um it would be incredible if you and joe both make it i think that would i might have to uh, that i'll have to have somebody on the grounds filming so i could i could keep up it's not your wedding i mean you can miss it i mean as long yeah, as I it's mean, not your i mean are you in the wedding are you i'm in, the in we- i'm set? in the wedding can uh, we can get one of those like feels, cardboard cutouts feels, from the baseball yeah, games and yeah. all that yeah, I'll just switch it out. Yeah, I'll get the cardboard cut out, put it there. I will throw. What could I? What could I do to make it believable? I will. I will take a bunch of. <laughs> I'll take a bunch of grass, paint it brown, tape it to the arms of the cardboard. Uh, I'll tape a Dodgers <laughs> hat on top of the cardboard, uh, and I will give grass. a. Uh, yeah, and I'll, I'll, I'll like. Yeah, I think I think that could work. I, I don't see why not. We're gonna take a quick break and be right back. I want to talk Aaron Hills just got back from there. I did have one more question for you. What it's October. I don't know if you knew that or not. Um, What is what's your favorite or best Halloween costume you've ever done or been in your life? Oh, gosh, I don't know. I've never had one of my favorite ones just because of the stories was we went as Anchorman one year and I was brick. So I had the glasses and the crappy, you know, suit. And I realized that if I was not at any point, if I wasn't with my my crew 
I just look like a pedophile kind of <laughs> everyone's like, what are you? And I'm like, yeah, this, none of this would make sense if I saw me right now. Like I'm just wearing like this tacky brown jacket and really creepy glasses and like a terrible comb over. Like, what are you? I don't know. I have a white van. I actually drove there in a white van. I have a white van out front. I'll tell you about it. <laughs> you know, like that's you my story. Like. It's yeah. out here. So that was hey. my favorite for just for the fun. Do you have, are you good at costumes? Sydney oh, yeah. and I, I, I think we do a pretty good job with Halloween. Uh, yeah. More credit to her than me. The, Obviously. The, one of the issues with the group Halloween idea is you really can't get lost. Or, or it is. No. You are just out on an island alone. So, you know? Shout out to Stevie F. Baby. Um, we also went one year, a bunch of us as uh, wrestlers, like WWE wrestlers. And by the way, that was my worst costume because I went as John Cena. And it was okay if I was with the crew, but I mean, if I'm not, everyone's like, "Why didn't you dress up for for Halloween?" So <laughs> just, just like in a, a t-shirt, shirt, a, sw- a couple sweatbands, and shorts, you know, and a hat. Uh, so it's awful. But uh, Stephen went as a uh, pretty Rick much Flair. what you wear every day. Stephen went as Ric Flair. I, if I can get his permission, I'll post the picture of what he looked like because it was phenomenal. They had like a boa, and it was very an eccentric outfit. When he was split up from the crew, no one had a damn clue what he was. <laughs> so uh, I, I'll try to get his permission uh, to post that picture because it is hilarious. But um, I've never been really creative with that, and I don't like doing the work to actually like dress up uh, as it. But um, I mean, you know. Well, we, we, we try, uh, you typically fail. What's your favorite one? You, you guys had a good one last year, but what's your favorite one? Yeah. So, so, uh, I'm actually, I have this picture right here. Oh, show probably, the listeners. Oh yeah. There you go. See that? <laughs> oh, you that is, see that? That is, uh, so we, Cindy and I were obsessed and I don't think we watch it as much anymore. Have you ever seen the show Treehouse masters before? Never even heard of it. Okay. So they build these, I mean, they're like $200,000 tree houses. They're unbelievable. And it's awesome. And every time we watch it, we get, you know, super jealous that we can't. Well, we don't really have trees in Arizona, but we couldn't have a, you know, really high end tree house. And, uh, and so one year, her brother-in-law made her a full tree house outfit. She had, you know, like leaf hat, uh, bark. She found bark leggings. She was the tree house. I was the guy in the tree house. When I was a kid, my best one, my mom made me a baseball card. I imagine not a ton of people know what, but, what but the, the homage outfit, was the to outfit, that. The outfit well, was I, sick. I, I got the, the Treehouse Master vest I ordered on their, their their website, which was like 90 bucks. I mean, you were pretty committed. Shane, uh, has Daniel Berger qualified for the Treehouse Masters this year? Or Ooh, how's that working? Look at you with the little <laughs> joke. I like that one. Joke. That was pretty good. They get, you uh, get a vest instead of a jacket for the Treehouse Masters? <laughs> a real green one. A real green <laughs> vest. You're out. Uh, but that that was the best one. And then, like I said, when I was a kid, I was a baseball. I was a Nolan Ryan baseball card. My mom that's made a good one. Year, one. And it was it was it was pretty good. One of the funnier ones we have is in high school. All my or I think high school or maybe early in college. All my friends dressed up as or a bunch of my friends dressed up as uh, the average Joes from dodgeball. And they all yep. got arrested together. <laughs> so they I just imagine them sitting in jail uh, for being drunk in public. All as you know, I imagine uh, jail on Halloween is one of the funniest looking things. You have a lot of costumes. You have probably, you know. After they sleep, you got a lot of makeup running down the eyes. But the average Joe's just imagining all of them together was great. Would actually be a, a decent kind of like social media video is to maybe sit outside of where they do the drunk yeah. police in like Monday, the Monday morning after Halloween. And you're That'd just interviewing a like a werewolf walking out and average Joe's just what, what happened, man? What went yeah. down? Um, so I mentioned Aaron Hills uh, just got back last night, was down, was out up in Wisconsin, I guess. Uh, for a couple of days, played Aaron Hills with uh, three of my buddies. Uh, just wanted to throw out a couple of things first. I mean, it was windy. It was cool. You know, we kind of got all the conditions. 
but we walked over. Do they have a plaque where Justin Thomas hit that three wood on 18? Oh, do they really? They have like just a little, it's just the, the, like the, their logo over in the corner, just so people know where it was. And now, you know, a little different conditions, but this doesn't change the fact that he was 299 yards away to a tuck flag. First of all, it looks like it's an impossible shot to even attempt, much less pull off. But we walked over, you know, my buddy Ashton, you know, played pro golf, great player, uh, you know, still plays great. And we were looking at the shot and he just like kind of shakes his head and walks off and he goes, man, JT is my hero. And I was yeah. like, yes, me, me too. Like that is me from three <laughs> where you stand for that shot is you cannot believe that he did that from there. I mean, that I think that's what's always cool about actually seeing in person a place where kind of a career shot was hit. Like I can imagine when you're at Augusta and you walk down the right side on 10 and you see where Bubba hit that shot from, you're going to be like, I mean, that's, you know, that's a silly golf shot. Of right? all the dumb, of all the dumb, corny, traditional, old things golf does, like there's a lot of them, you know, mm-hmm. even, you know, some of these minus the green jacket, like winning, like some of these jackets, like for a tournament, I've got a jacket <laughs> for winning the Wells Fargo. It's just like, it's cool, but it's like nothing you would ever say stop doing, but it's not like, I feel like it doesn't land like it used to. There's, right. there's uh, all the traditions of, 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 you know, styles of play and and just these little like the little minutiae that goes on with golf i think plaques on holes is the number one best like that one doesn't get enough credit because that to your point when i go to a golf course when we went to winged foot for instance not that they should put a plaque down because it wasn't a you know great moment but when we went to winged foot the only thing we were all wondering when we got to 18 was where did phil hit his second from you know, we wanted to know when you would go to Aaron Hills. I, I think a lot of people remember Aaron Hills um, for JT shot, not and round, not so much like, you know, Brooks's win for some odd reason, but because that's kind of our brains remember the, the quick little things. Um, so, yeah, we do all this stuff and the, the plaques are always so eye opening because you're like, OK, you know, let's just say you've never played with a professional golfer in your life. And you get out to a course and you see this is where Phil did this and you're just like oh my gosh because you can see it you can actually like then get to see how amazing that golf shot would be um and that's why you would want to play a lot of these courses that that are famous you know if we're at rams hill you'd want to see where that 494 yard drive ended up like that's why you'd want to be there you don't have to tape measure it off so i mean some say top 10 some say top 10 most famous golf shots some people are saying that yeah i mean i've heard rumors floating around that that's going to make a lot of highlights on pga.com Shane, uh, you said it blew 25 to 30 your last day. You said you played the tips. I would dude, like to so hear we, how hard oh it my was. Gosh. So we played. So Ashton, my buddy Brady and I played all the way back. And then my smart friend, Rusty, um, played the green tee. So do you know one, what it is all the way back? So, I mean, they don't have them all. The, I mean, I, yeah, I think all the way back is like 8,000. Yeah, like 7,900. I mean, it's probably <laughs> 76, 77. Yeah, so I think that's what we probably did for the practice around the USAM, and it is su- stupid long. Uh, so the first hole into the, it was into the wind. First hole is a par five at Aaron Hills. I had a good drive. I hit a good three wood. I had five iron left for my drive. Nice. Uh, and I mean, you know, I mean, again, like these aren't, I'm not, you know, bumping them down the fairway. I mean, I'm trying to hit full yeah. golf shots. Uh, it was really, it was a lot of golf. You know, you, you, again, to your point about playing places. And I, I think Aaron Hills is, is a great representation of new age championship golf. You know, it's not Wingfoot or Baltus Raw or Oakmont 
or all these courses that were built 100 years ago. You know, this is a golf course that was built in the last 20 years, and it's a golf course that, you know, a lot of the architectural moves were made because they wanted to host championships like U.S. Amateurs and Women's Opens and U.S. Opens and the like. So that's why the golf course was built. So you see kind of what modern championship golf is. And when you play all the way back, you're reminded, if nothing else, how damn good everybody is at golf that plays on the PGA Tour and also the Corn Ferry Tour and the Canadian Tour and, you know, the Asian Tour. I mean, it is incredible that anybody could shoot a score there. But a couple of suggestions. A, don't do not do don't Yeah, don't do, do that. that. No, that... Don't do that you, to yourself. Listen, Aaron Hills is going to be tough no matter what tees you play for it. But trust me, whatever argument you're having between a tee back and the one up forward, play the one up forward. And, and I, I equate it to this. If you're a member of a gym, if you're a person that goes to the gym and works out, obviously, you know, not during COVID times. But you know how gyms have like 105-pound dumbbells there? They're there, you know? They're there and people probably used them. You shouldn't use them. Don't try to pick <laughs> them up. No one don't, use them. don't try to lift them. Don't try to curl them. Nothing like they're they're there for professional weightlifters in case they come through the gym. They're not there for you. And I think the back tees are, are that, you know, they're there because the tee boxes are cut every day. But it is a ton of golf, dude. I mean, there you hitting so many long irons into the par fours. And, and you're, and you know what it does? It makes you appreciate par, you know, you go, yeah. I made a par here. It was a damn good score. Yeah. That's the thing. That's a, the big disconnect. I think between the professional game and, and the amateur game is to make an amateur, a golf course harder for an amateur. You truly can just make it long. And in the pro game, that just doesn't work. Um, obviously Great wind, point. wind helped yours, but that's the disconnect because we're making, there's more amateur golf golfers than, professionals so you want to make a hard golf course people know aaron hills is really really hard yet for some odd reason when the u.s open goes there we talk about how easy it's set up so it's just it's such a tough uh blend um are you going to make more courses just harder for the pros because i don't think that the amateur is going to appreciate the general amateur is going to appreciate you know these little nuances that make it harder for the pro when they're playing they 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 think you know all my friends everybody that I know go, growing up in golf is there's such a big thing to what tees did you play from? You know, did you play from the backs? Did you play from the one ups? Did you play from the all the way ups? You know, like, and then there's a progress. Oh, I've gotten good enough to play the back tees. It's like such a big moment. And yet in professional golf distance, you know, length of course doesn't matter at all. People will ask you, Oh man, didn't, isn't that course like 7,300? I'm like, I never even once <laughs> thought of that, you know, since like high school, like it just doesn't no longer matter. So, um, that, that's, that's the disconnect, but that's why Aaron Hills is such a cool place because, um, you know, for, for the, uh, to go on a little golf trip, it's, it's perfect. You can make it as hard as you want. I remember being there and thinking there are so many tee boxes. You can play anywhere you want. And, uh, you know, when you go there, uh, or if you go there, you know, take advantage of that. If it feels like it's a little too difficult, move up. Um, and if, if it doesn't, you have, you have literally tees all the way back to 7,900 yards that you could play to. Uh, I think it, it's a, it's a, it's an underrated, uh, golf course in this country. Yeah, for sure. Uh, just a couple takeaways and a couple highlights from the trip. Uh, one thing is, is definitely if you're going to go there, take a caddy, they have a great caddy program at Aaron Hills. Just take a caddy. You don't want to carry your bag for eight. My dad's there. still talking about that place is so hard to <laughs> walk around that golf course. <laughs> yeah. Just, just, I mean, I promise you the caddy will help you. It will make your experience better. It's a great walk. It's just a lot of a walk. If you're carrying your own bag. Uh, a highlight, uh, one of the highlights I thought you'd appreciate, uh, especially considering, you know, what you were doing earlier this season. Uh, so one of, I, and I know we say best friends a lot here. One of my best friends, if not my best friend, is a buddy, Rusty Reynolds, 
who I grew up with in Marshall, Texas. Uh, Rusty came uh, filet every night for dinner. Three nights. No in a row. way. <laughs> Went filet all three nights. I, Holy cow! He ordered it the last night, and the whole table looked at him like, "What? Wait, you're what going you with it doing? again?" Uh, so yeah, filet all three. I mean, it was good. It was a good filet. I had a bite of it. I'm not sure I want steak three nights, even if I'm at steak I mean, 44. I mean, I guess that's uh, if you're working on, uh, if you're working on in your golf swing, like staying more still, at least your bowel movements will stay <laughs> dead still. Uh, holy cow. That is, uh, that is aggressive. Uh, I'm not sure I'm a fan of, of steak every night. They had, they have plaques up for all the winners of the USGA championships that have come through Aaron Hills. And I'm considering asking for a plaque for rusty, you know, three filet orders in a row. If that's we went happened. to a restaurant once and it, had, it was one of those like, this is a high, you know, you're in a high class steakhouse right. and there's pictures of people all over the walls. And, you know, it's because they ate like a 36 ounce steak. You know, that's what it was. So we asked, you know, like about the pictures that they said what it was. And there's one guy whose picture was big, uh, much bigger than everyone else's. And we're like, well, why does that guy get such a bigger picture? And they go, oh, that guy ate two of them. <laughs> he ate like 72 <laughs> ounces of steak in one sitting. And I'm, I, I, I don't. I don't advise it, I guess, is how, is how I'd put it. Yeah, it, it just hits you, man. I mean, we still had golf to be played, and this guy's yeah. just throwing down steak. It was weird, though. He had mentioned it a couple times during the day. Man, I'm thinking about getting the filet again. Um, <laughs> Everybody was joking. As we sat down, it was it was literally like a, a Kobe in 2000 moment where <laughs> we all knew he was going to shoot, you know, but everybody was still anticipating. You still want to watch. Yeah. Is he going to fire this up? Is he going to fire it up? And the order happened. Um I mentioned the plaque. I, I wanted to say the 15th hole, I think, is one of the great short par fours in America. Now, I mean, from the back tees, it, it's probably yeah, so that's kind of the problem is you could if you just went there for fun, right? You would go play the back tees if you were already playing the back tees. And it is a good hole, even from the back tees. But it's not a short par four by any from means. the up tee is awesome. Hole. The up tee is awesome. So you have to have knowledge to know like, oh, let's go play that tee today instead of the back tee. Because no one ever does that, right? You don't play the black they're typically the black tees all day and then say, oh, let's go play the reds for one hole unless you've been there a ton of times. But you should on that one because it's a fun mix of because if you don't, I mean, at 15 is a gr good hole on the property. But when you could get there in one, it's a great fun hole. Hey, you know what's that? You just brought up an idea. This could can we bring up a flight right now and go with good ideas? Are you okay with us kind of? I rarely have here? one, so I would love for you to tell me right, if well, I have a good I'm, idea. I, I'm just piling on here. I'm 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 adding a little side of crab to your fillet order. Um, the, yeah, throw it on top. So why don't courses like Aaron Hills, which has hosted a U.S. Open, why don't they do like every Saturday or even once a month? You know, maybe the fifteenth of the month or something. They should do a day where the tees are U.S. Open tees. Today, you're getting the U.S. Open tees that we had on Saturday of the U.S. Open in 2017. And all the back tees are set up, you know, from where they played them in the actual U.S. Open. So to your point, 15's playing 305. You know, this is where yeah. Justin Thomas hit three wood. I just feel like it'd be a fun little thing to add in. You know, it's a do you want to come on U.S. Open tee day? And they can have, you know, obviously different looking tees, even, you know, ask the USGA if they're able to use those. I don't know. It might just be a little bit of fun. I think that's a great idea because you can leave the regular tees out, but at least show, 
I mean, Pebble does that, uh, not necessarily with the tees, but they have their plaques of this is where we played the U.S. Mm-hmm. Open from, these tees or whatever. I think that's a great idea. I mean, I imagine that you're going to get, uh, you know, Joe Schmo, who's actually like a handicap, try to do it, and pace of play might get slapped in the face. But we're just, I would guess that would happen regardless. If his yes. name's Joe Schmo, I doubt he's very fast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and last thing they have a putting course now i hadn't seen it it wasn't around when the u.s open was there it's called the drumlin and you know band and dunes has a great putting course the punch bowl and i've been to a couple other golf courses that have these awesome putting courses which are you know they're becoming more popular as they should but i do feel like at certain places maybe that aren't as tough a walk when you get done with the round of golf or if you only play 18 that day Maybe you want to go play a par three course. Maybe you want to go play a second golf course. This place needed a putting course more than any other golf course because when you get done walking, you are tired, you are exhausted, but you still want to do something. They have lights on it that are perfect. It's lit up all night long, so you can go out there at midnight. I mean, we probably played it eight or nine times. It's a 12-hole putting course, but it is, I think, the most fun one I've played in terms of what a putting course is and about. It's really well set up. They change the holes every day, but... Of all, like I said, of all the places, I don't think you want to go play a par three course after kind of battling on Aaron Hills. You know, again, you've kind of given all your swings for that day, but going and, and, and just having some fun with a drink in your hand on the putting course there is is perfect for the property and the golf course. Yeah, putting courses are underutilized. I think they're pretty, they're always a fun addition. Uh, so that was my Aaron Hills experience. We also got a chance to play Blue Mound. Appreciate the people that are I, having We us. played there. That place is sick. Yeah, Seth Rayner Golf Course, Great Greens, had a lot of fun. I shot 20 shots better from the back <laughs> tee, Aaron Hills. 68? Yeah, I shot 88 nice. at Aaron Hills and shot 68 at, at, at Blue <laughs> nice. Mound. It was, it was a little bit of a, of a change, but uh, that was our experience. A uh, big thanks to everybody at Aaron Hills. You guys were great. It was a lot of fun. I love Wisconsin. Every time I go, I... I'm a fan of any place where you order two orders of cheese curds as an appetizer. You know, you just can't do one. You've got to get two. I'm I'm all in on that and uh and much needed after you walk, you know, as many miles as we walk playing 18 holes. So uh, that was my experience. You're in Las Vegas. Can you tell us how your offseason was? What'd you do? Where'd you travel to? Things you you knocked out? Uh, I mean, it's been a while. How was how was the time away? Yeah, you know, it, it was it's great to be back. It was just too long of a break. I mean, I I think I had enough time to watch a season of The Office. Um first season. Yeah, I almost made it through a whole series of uh, you know, playoff basketball. Almost. <laughs> um man, you know, rested, ready, feeling the best I've ever felt, you know, best shape of my life as they say. For sure, yeah. Um but yeah, you know, it is good to be back out. I always, you know, I think you noticed it. Uh if I'm home for a week, it's not enough. But if I'm home for 11 days, it's too much. So yeah, two weeks is your number. Uh, two I've weeks noticed. is my number. Uh, I started to get antsy. So I'm glad to be back out here. Uh, course is good. I think the scores are going to be really low. Um, this is the healthiest I've ever seen the place. Uh, greens are soft. They could get a little firmer, but, you know, it's just it's hot. Uh, it's not particularly windy. Uh, the fairways are are lush and soft, so it's easy to easier to hit them. Typically, this place is like brown, you know, it's like kind of goofy golf, kind of, you know, you're, you could if you hit a low ball off the tee, you get to run like 330. That's not going to happen this week. Um, but uh, I've, I've been here a lot, so I, it's nice to know the course. Uh, but yeah, it's it's also odd being in Vegas during like the COVID times. Uh, it's way more different. Dead. It's, I guess, I mean, we, we're not allowed to do anything. So, I mean, it, it feels like any other week, but walking through. 
you know, wherever you're going, it's just, you know, the casino or whatever is, you know, there's plexiglass everywhere. Um, obviously masks, uh, it just has a different feel while at the same time, you could see kind of like the groups of people here and there that are like, <laughs> maybe they're on a bachelorette or bachelor party. Maybe they're on like a little trip, you know, just to like get away. You could see them trying to like turn it up to like Vegas, Vegas. But like, I don't know if that's even a realistic <laughs> possibility at this, this point, but Hey, I mean, Got to try. If there's any place to try, it would be in Las Vegas. We're going to take a quick break and be right back. At 29, where are you on your Vegas love? Because when you're young, it's the best place on the planet, right? I mean, you cannot wait to go. Anytime somebody brings up Vegas, you want to fly there and go. Where are you currently in your love affair for Las Vegas? I'm still like, I love it for different reasons. I guess that would be the best way. When I was younger, when I was 21, 22, I loved it because you could go get, you know, you could go push the limits on what your body can do. You know, you could see. <laughs> it's like, you're like Bryson, but in Vegas. <laughs> like how Just little food, out. how little food, like, like, I don't know how to, Bryson would be able to do the graph, but like, show me how little food I can eat with how little sleep, well, with how much I could drink and just see when my body just decides it's just going to stop working. And I like to see, you know, I'd like to see just how close I could get to the final product. Um, so that's, that's changed quite, quite a bit. Um, now I like it because, you know, I'm, I mean, I, gosh, I'm just like, you know, I have all this money now <laughs> and you're so much, I can actually so afford, mature. I'm so trying to afford to like eat the, at the nice places. Whereas before it'd be like, you know, your state, we once stayed eight to a room at the Monte Carlo and then ate at the McDonald's like across the street. So, uh, I've eaten at McDonald's. There's a Denny's we would go to, you know, at the three, 4am. Um, so it's changed, you know. Uh, it's definitely not as exciting. Uh, I definitely am lucky, you know, like got it, got the, got the, um, you know, the, the, the body torture out of my system. Although I will still, I'll give it a shot here and there. It's definitely a lot easier to push my body to the limit now. Cause it takes a lot less, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. You know, I, I love it. I, I, as I've gotten older, I don't know if I've mentioned on this podcast, as I've gotten older, I have this weird, uh, I think it's from traveling so much, but I get a weird, like type of anxiety when a ton of people are around. I think it's because people are awful and I've seen too many bad things, but I also, it's not like I anticipate that. So I just don't like a lot of people close to me. Um, I think it's mixed with golf and just traveling. It just like gives me a bit of, uh, not like I said, not so much anxiety that something bad's going to happen. I just like, I don't know. It just like, is it super comfortable? Uh, so being in Vegas now, isn't like as fun. If I can have a group of people with me that I know it, it's really fun, you know? So like being here solo doesn't, doesn't do it for me anymore. It was, which when I was a kid, it was like, you just saddle up to the bar and just get going. Uh, but it, it still has such like, I think this is why Vegas is, is kills it is because it has so much you can do like any age, any income, any anything, you can do so much stuff. We used to go to the uh, M&M factory when we were kids, play the video games was fun. You know, we used to go to the amusement park. That was fun. Obviously, now we, we can we, we go uh, we go here primarily to like gamble a little bit and eat good food. I mean, I've come here when I've missed cuts back in the day um, just to sleep because the rooms are so great and I'm sponsored by MGM. So, you know, I, I can use my credit out here and I feel like I said, feel like I'm rich, which is fun. 
Um, but it's just like, it is different though. I mean, I don't know if you came here much when you were younger, but I imagine you have the same, the same change in heart about how you view this place. Yeah. I went eight times one year when I lived in Denver, I was like 20, I think I was like 23 or 24. And my buddy Greenberg was living is lived out there forever. I think I went eight times. Was there ever a time when you left during that eight time stretch where you thought I can't wait to be back because I've never left this place and thought man I can't wait for my next Vegas trip I don't I don't think that's ever been something that's gone through a head at McCarran everybody (laughs) at McCarran looks like they would pay so so much extra money for their flight to leave 20 minutes early you can always tell the difference of the person who's on a layover and a person who's actually just leaving Vegas (laughs) because there's a lot more soul sucking coming from the person who's just leaving you know they everyone looks horrendous that you could tell the person who's like you know going denver to vegas to la or something you know it's very obvious um so i wanted to get some flights and we have a a, we have a two-week run of this flight because we're going to be talking about vegas twice what's the best thing you've seen in vegas this week max you know not a lot um like i said we don't get to do a whole lot so i haven't seen the haven't seen anything wild i did see a guy i was driving in yesterday and there was a guy who was I mean, he was he did some drugs. Let's just say it. He did some drugs. There's no way unless he just might be the happiest person ever. But he had a he had a uh, Lakers jersey on and a Dodgers hat on. And he was crossing the street uh, and didn't quite make it all the way. You know, he only had to stop in the middle because uh, there you know, a lot of lanes. And he was, you know, on drugs. And uh, he just, he just, you know, he started smiling and he started doing a little jig. <laughs> he was kind of doing this very subtle dance that wasn't making anyone that he knew like happy he wasn't doing it to like dance but you could just tell he was really he's just having like a good time and just mixed with all the la gear i was like i like this guy you know maybe he was the reason we won both the games yesterday i was gonna say are you sure this wasn't you you were looking at in a mirror because i was not drugs dodger laker jersey and dodger hat i'm like this is kind of like your casual attire yeah yeah it uh you know he he definitely could be my uh my doppelganger, I guess, uh, minus the whole, you know, high on drugs thing. And, you know, in the middle of the street dancing thing. I don't think I've done that one before. But he, uh, yeah, yeah, maybe. I mean, I hope that that's not me in, uh, you know, 20 or so years. But uh, never say never, I guess. <laughs> hey, listen, if you win this weekend, if you win on Sunday, minus the drugs, we'll recreate this video. I'll, right, drive, I'll drive up. We'll get to the Lakers jersey. Little, you can wear the Dodgers nice hat. You can just, I just want you dancing. Do they give a? What do they give out if you win this thing? Do you get a? Do you get a jacket or no? Uh, I think you get a Lakers jersey um, <laughs> so, uh, and dancing lessons from my. friend. You should get like a tank. I feel like a tank top is the, is the Vegas shirt of choice, right? You should get like a winter tank that you have to put on. It would be amazing. This would be so Vegas, but it'd be amazing if you won. If they gave you like a beer bong, <laughs> you or know, one like of those commemorative huge beer bong. sugar drinks. And you yeah. Gotta, oh God, you've that's gotta perfect. Sip it during the interview, yeah, you gotta. <laughs> if you don't finish it before the inter- the press conference is over, you have to give back your title. Listen, I have a I have a little life advice for you for if you've never been to Las Vegas, or you're considering going soon. Hopefully, not real soon, but you know, in the next couple of years. You don't want to buy those. Don't drinks. ever. They're so expensive. They are all sugar. You are going to feel awful and you will forget that thing to bring home. I promise you, you won't bring that home. The little, you know, the big Eiffel Tower. It's like three feet tall. I mean, if you want to look at what a hangover like literally looks like, it's that's just it. that thing. Yeah, that's like that. The, you will that's feel a great terrible. I, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I went to a show, I think when we were out there. 
Oh, man, this must have been, I guess, Tiger Phil. We went to a show on Wednesday or Thursday night. Cindy was pregnant, so we weren't getting real wild. Also, I was working, and I ordered their show drink, and I just remember drinking it, and it, I was just like, this is this yeah. has to have 13 scoops of sugar. <laughs> it I mean, has just, to. just all sugar. Just keep pouring it in there. It's like those commercials you see about how many sugar scoops are in a Coke, and you're like, well, I guess – I mean, I understand that that's the case. It's still really good. When I not, when I was 21, uh, we came here for someone's birthday, and it was New Year's. And on New Year's, they shut down the main road here. It's awesome. Everyone walks through the streets. Um, and, uh, you know, we had brought our own uh, booze. And they have a rule here you could carry alcohol outside on the streets um they just can't be in a glass uh container of any sort and i was i was running to meet up with our buddies and i had a, a big bottle this is back when i was able to drink vodka this is probably why i can't drink vodka anymore but i had a big bottle of vodka that we were gonna walk around with for like the next four hours and i you know had forgotten that it was glass and i walk outside and one of the police officers says hey excuse me sorry but like um that's glass. Like you can't have that out here. I was like, Oh man. And, and, and she was like, well, you can either, uh, you know, just bring it back to your room or just like finish it, uh, before, you know, going back. And it was like just me and like half of a pretty big bottle of vodka. And I looked at <laughs> her being like the wise ass I was, but I was kind of just like having some fun. Not that I was being a wise ass, I guess, but just like laughing at this observation that she had made that are above my options I could do. And I was like, well, I said, if I finish this right here in front of you, you will arrest me the moment I'm done drinking because I'm officially too drunk to be in public. <laughs> like, I don't know if you think that I'm just like a tank, but this would kill a lot of people just like shove down uh, into their body. Uh, I think I'm just going to walk it back to the room. And she was like, yeah, that's probably a good best bet. Maybe just give option A on that yeah. one. I'll just take it to the room. I don't know here, if I want to consume yeah. it right it here. It should have been the two options were like here, like pour it out or like take it back to the room, not like just chug it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so uh, how's how's the golf game? I mean, you know, this is a golf podcast. How's how's the golf game? How you how you been playing? How you been hitting it? What's new? I I, I have been uh, full full disclosure to everyone. I played pretty bad last week at home i'm working really hard just didn't hit it great and then yesterday i kind of found it hit my first uh hit every fairway on the front shot i think yesterday i shot like something like around four under for the day played pretty well uh so that was fun uh, my short games feels really good my putting feels awesome um and my three wood i don't have to hit very many drivers out here uh, I think I hit three or four all day yesterday and I'm hitting my three wood on a string. So that's fun. Uh, but game's good. Uh, I do have uh, one of my flights. Uh, best thing and worst thing I saw this week. They're both the same. I played. Uh, I played against JT Poston and Pat and Kazire yesterday. Like I said, I played pretty well. Uh, my partners played pretty well. Like we did. Okay. Who we was lost. your partner? Uh, for the first time, it was Taylor Gooch. And for the back nine, it was Kevin Tway. But we played pretty well. And uh, through 17 holes, Patton and JT were 15 under best ball. <laughs> I've never seen that before. Uh, we turned Taylor two par two pars or do they make an eagle? Uh, they made and they made two eagles. Patton oh, on sweet. the front. JT didn't make a birdie on the front, but Patton shot six under. And then on the back, Taylor had to leave. And I was like, all right, let's you know run it back with Kev Tway. And they went, uh, they were, you know, what a, they went like birdie, 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 eagle, birdie, eagle. I don't know. It was so stupid. They were, they shot, 
they shot nine under through eight on the back. I mean, I just like I, it was depressing and also beautiful to watch, but like also depressing. But then on the last hole, I, I mean, I, I had gotten absolutely crushed and all the players and caddies threw a ball down at 60 feet. And uh, I did make that. So like, at least I got a little bit of my life back. But man, I mean, it was just like anything you did. It wasn't good enough. You know, like I birdied. 13 at one point, they birdie 13. I hit it on the green on 15 into or off the tee. So putting for Eagle patent hit. It's like four feet. Um, the whole patent hit it in the water on 16, a JT hit a seven iron or five iron on the par five. I think five iron, six iron to like eight feet for Eagle. Um, you know, 17 really hard par three. Uh, I had a nice seven iron to 25 feet, just where you want it. Patent hits like a foot. <laughs> it was just like, <laughs> this isn't fun at all. You know, like this isn't fun. It was, it became like, I will always press until I'm done. We got to 17. They patent hit to a foot. They won that hole. And I was like, I'm done guys. Like I've I finally, like I got up from the table to, you know, make a little Vegas analogy. I was like, you need to stand up. Yeah. You can't beat them. That It's over today. <laughs> like this is, this is enough. I had a dealer tell me one time in Vegas. Stand up. To, he said, you need to leave. the <laughs> And it wasn't because I was like too drunk. He, he goes, I, I was on a heater. I, I had like 20 and he pulled over like a five card 21. And next hole, next hand, I had like 19 and he flipped like a four card 20. And he just looks at me and he goes, yeah, get up. Yeah, go. And I was like, you Run. know what? I, I think, it's, I think that's a fair point. I, we're going to do a full podcast on questions about PGA Tour life. But I did have a question on the back heels of your story. How do practice rounds come about? Like, how do you guys figure out who you're going to play with certain days? Because, you know, you played at Wingfoot. You played a day with Dustin, JT, and Bubba. You know, I mean, how do those things, or is it just texting? Is it like asking, hey, you guys want to play tomorrow? U.S. Open, you can just sign up on a sheet. So I snuck my way into that one. Um, But although at the same time, the day before when I played with kids, Ricky and Jordan, you know, Ricky was looking for a group, like a game or whatever. Um, typically it's just texting. I pretty much play with Taylor every week. Uh, at least one of the days, uh, yes. You know, two days ago, he texted me if I want to play. I said, yeah, you know, it will, if we can, it's not every week, but we try to, it, is, is there like a me. sign up sheet? Like, or no, an email you just, go, or you no, just, you just go straight to the T. Okay. So it's, it, you know, sometimes so you might a wait a little line. bit. Yeah, yeah. 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 We waited for a group yesterday. Cause we kind of went out at like the 10 o'clock is kind of the bad time to go out. Um, but yeah, so Taylor texted me, do you want to play? I said, yeah. And then, you know, a few hours later, JT uh, posted and texted me if I wanted to play with him and Patton. So we had four. So it worked out. But yeah, it's usually when you're like when you're first out here, it's awkward because like, you know, we had a guy grind behind us all by himself. I think he might have been a qualifier. And I've, you know, everyone's been there. I'll still play by myself now, but like it's more like you don't know how to do it and you don't know who to ask. And it's it's awkward. Whereas like, that's why I think the U S open does it. Cause you can just sign your name into a sheet. So you don't need to go talk to people you don't know, but nowadays it's so easy. You'll get to the range. You'll either be walking to the T or you'll see a buddy and be like, Oh, you going to play nine or whatever. And you know, even, you know, Tway hopped on the back with us cause he saw us coming off and Taylor leaving. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of, that, that's always a good question. Cause I always forget the people. It sounds like it would be so much more official. I was going to say, truly like you just get out there. I mean, I've played three holes. I've walked the golf course with like a putter and a wedge before. Um, some people you'll see just come through, hit a tee shot and leave. Um, but yeah, typically, you know, I'll have, I like to plan the practice round of who I'm playing with, but at times, you know, you can't. And you know, if, if Taylor or someone's busy, Joel and Hubbard are busy or whatever, like I'll, I'll just go out there and just see who I can run into. 
Uh, no more covered uh, shot of the uh, week so far. We'll ask that after the the week um, wraps up. I did have a new flight. Um, first of all, do you have any other ones before we get to something new? Do I have a feel good Friday? I don't even think I've got that. I don't, that was the only flight. Feel feel good Friday. All your sports teams are good, so that's <laughs> yeah. It feels Packers, good to be Packers, me. Lakers <laughs> this Friday. Uh, so new flight. Shout out to Ashton Woods. Uh, good idea for this. He said we should give out a life hack that we ourselves use or have heard of or think about. And I thought it was a great idea. It's Max and Shane's life hack of the week. And uh, and I had one this week because the tour is in Las Vegas. And when you're in Las Vegas, one of the more important things are having a good time and then going to sleep and not waking up until well into the day, right? I mean, you sleep until noon or one. I mean, the do not disturb thing you put on your door is pretty much on all the time, right? So you know how the curtain in hotel rooms has that little sliver of light that gets through oh i know this life hack yeah this is a good one so so the life hack is the coat hangers in your closet that have the clips for pants pull that bad boy out fold over the uh the blinds and then clip it on there boom no light sliver anymore. that's a really good one it is so it's it's the most necessary in vegas but i do it now at every hotel especially if i mean i don't sleep in much anymore but you know, if I'm going to try to sleep in, you know, even until 7.30 or 8, I don't want the sliver hit my eye. That's a really good one. Uh, I just to, just to piggyback on your Vegas idea, your Vegas theme, uh, would you, you know, just sneak in a water here and there uh, when you're here. <laughs> just sneak one in. You know? When your friends aren't looking. Yeah, honestly, at that rate, sure, that might be worth it. Uh, that might be one of the times it's worth, you know, uh, having your bank call you and say you're out of funds. Um, so that, that's one, one, uh, Vegas theme life hack, uh, in general, I was thinking life hacks. I'm typically love life hacks because I'm so bad at knowing them, but here's a little golf life hack. Uh, when you bring a putter and a wedge to a green, cause you got to get up and down and you, you know, kind of chip it onto the green, uh, and then you throw the wedge kind of to the side and you finish putting, you walk back over, just step on the club head face and it'll kick right up to you. You don't have to bend over. It's really easy. You look cool as can be. I uh, grab the handle and walk on and everyone will look at you and be like, I can't believe he's 14 over. He really looks like he knows what he's doing. And that's kind of a, that's a good thing to have in your back pocket. Doesn't have to, you don't have to bend over. You yeah, boom, it's, it's right there. Amazing. I like that. I like that. Yeah. I, that I like how you had nice it. Spe- I like how you had a golf specific. By <laughs> way, Max. I'm very proud of you. Uh, we'll play well this week. Do you know who you're playing with yet or no? I played with Louis Oosthuizen for the 88th time. Oh, I, I was going to say the tour is telling me to, uh, you know, they're they're just trying to beat me down. It would be like going to a model, a modeling, uh, you know, shoot with Adam Scott uh, every day. <laughs> uh, so I just get to watch, you know, uh, you know, this guy just swing a golf club more beautifully than uh, anybody. So that's fun. And I play with Russell Knox. He's a good dude. I haven't actually played with him in a long time. Uh, so it should be good. I am the lone American, so I imagine the entire country is behind me um yeah should be a good week uh gonna go get a little more practice in today uh we're riding off the the momentum that joe has set up with his for qualification sure. for the four ball shane if you qualify too we, i might have too much too much momentum um so think about that <laughs> i still want you to qualify but think about that if and when Ashton and i qualify also preston just a reminder professional golf Turn money pro. Out there. there's a lot of money in pro golf and i mean sponsors pay a lot and you know what? You could use that for Christmas gifts in December, right? Or holiday gifts. I'll I mean, slip Preston a twenty right before the right before he leaves. Wait a minute! And you just I'll said t- you were you said you were rich. I'm flip flopping. But you just oh, said you, you were rich, give him though. 20. Remember? I'll you give said, him fifty. Yeah, thank you. You were talking about how, you're, how you can afford all these nice dinners now and all that. 
50? Yeah, because I eat for free out here. That's why I can afford them. I'm sponsored by the damn city. <laughs> I better be able to afford to eat out here. I'm rich when I'm in Vegas. I'm I'm a normal human when I'm at home. 50 gets you two Fijis. Two Fiji <laughs> two waters Fiji. is a 50 in Vegas. I do love going down to the to the uh the bodega it, in the bottom of casinos and just looking at the price is like a bag of chips, like $9. And you're like, yeah. oh, sure. Yep. Are we in an airport? What's in Vegas, you eat it, too, because you need it. You have to have it. It's necessary. You gotta right? have There's it. no other way to go. Um, well, play well. I'm excited to hear about Louie again. And I, I mean, you should just go up to him. You should just grill him with questions you haven't ever asked him or would always wanted to know. I will. Uh, I will, yeah. will you do me a favor? Ask him about the, uh, the double eagle he made like a week after he made the double eagle at Augusta. Because he made oh, yeah. one when he played uh when he played uh what is it called? Mulligan recall. That's the game. Wait, he, what? So I don't Mulligan, know this story. So Mulligan Recall is a game that Faxon had presented our way probably two or three years ago, uh, when we were playing a lot, you know, on the road when we were traveling around with the USGA. And uh, Mulligan Recall is a game you get there's two on two. One everybody gets one mulligan. And everybody gets one mulligan recall, which means you can recall a golf shot, okay, at any point during the match. Well, Faxon makes a one on the ninth hole at the golf course we were playing in San Diego, and I recalled it, okay? So he makes a hole in one. I recall a shot. He hits the next one to about a foot and makes two. I saw Louie at the President's Cup a couple of months later, and I told him the Faxon story because Louie had taught Brad about mulligan recall the game. And Louie kind of smiled, and he goes, yeah, you remember when I'm, you know, he's so soft-spoken, right? And he goes, yeah, you remember when I made the the, the albatross at Augusta? And I go, yeah. And he goes, yeah, a couple of weeks later, I was playing with a buddy of mine, and um, it's a blind par five, and I hit three wood, and I hit it really good right at the flag, and he recalled it, and we got up there, and I'd made it for another double eagle. <laughs> wow. Like, I was like, you made two double eagles in three weeks? Just <laughs> super nonchalant. He's like, yeah, there's a three wood. I imagine he does it often. Looking at the way he hits a golf ball, he does it often. Can I ask a question? We we bring, brought up Tim Duncan last week in the, in the Max the Golfer conversation. Uh, I think that Brad Faxon, if he worked in an office, would be the Tim Duncan of the office. His name would fit. I've never thought about it like that, but his name would fit. I think he was in the wrong profession. Brad, I think you should give away all your titles and and, and the glory and all the money. And you should have just, you know, been faxing. You're thinking, oh, you're saying. <laughs> he should have been faxing. He's perfectly set in office. He's he, it guy, would be. I mean, like what, sec- is why, like Pam? Is he Pam Beasley? Yeah. It's like, why, why are we hiring this guy? Well, <laughs> it's in my name. I'm going to be faxing. Literally oh, what I do. You're hired. Yeah. yeah. I'll send it. I'll send it right over. Seems there you obvious. go, Brad. Why? Don't need to co- No more coaching, putting, no more dealing with that. No more TV. Uh, just, you know, go see if you can get maybe like some sort of a part-time secretary position. And you know what? Boom. Your name's going to fit perfectly. It would be, there'd be so many, so many dad jokes thrown as well. Yeah. In the point. office. I mean, goodness, it, it might, it, it would be perfect. You would make so many people happy. I'm trying to think. I don't have any more flights. That's it. That's all we got. Oh, just a reminder. We have gear. Uh, Imperial made us some hats and some shirts. A lot of people have purchased them already. We thank you for that. Imperialsports.com. It's on the front page there. You can get get a grip uh, gear. Shirts are, are unbelievably comfortable, Max. I, I'm, I was I was almost shocked not to say I didn't think they'd be nice, but they, I mean, it is. Wear them anywhere. They're great shirts. I've got good feedback on just the, I don't know if this is a word, but wearability of the shirt. That's yeah, like a commercial word. That's something you just throw in there. Uh, you add ability <laughs> to the end of any word, you know, in a commercial, and it, somehow you don't get yelled at by the grammar police. But they do feel really good. Um, and I washed them, and they actually washed 
you know, well, which is always this is a scary. guy thing, maybe, but it's a so scary, scary thing. It fits and you don't want it to not fit. But it's good. Uh, they look cool. Um, I'm excited. Yeah, check those out. Imperialsports.com. Uh, get yourself a hat. Follow us on social media. Max is at Max23 on Twitter at Max.Homa on Instagram. We'll try to get that uh, that Stevie F baby picture up either on Max's <laughs> Instagram account or at Get a Grip on Instagram as well. Uh, rate and review the show. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll be back next week uh, after Max is walking around uh, the strip in a Lakers jersey and a Dodger hat. That'll be uh, that'll be what we see on Sunday after the win. Good luck. Play well. Have fun. Thanks, Make man. Some birdies too, I won't huh? just be walking. I'll be dancing around. But wash yeah. your hands, everybody, uh, and thank you for listening. I look forward to uh, getting my commemorative beer bong at the end of this W. <laughs> <laughs> Get a Grip with Max Homa and Shane Bacon is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.